Welcome to Caregiver SOS On Air, presented by the WellMed Charitable Foundation with nationally known gerontologist Carol Zernio and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron. This program provides health, wellness, and other information for caregivers who are vital to the health and well-being of so many people across our country. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Aaron and Carol Zernio. So I'm feeling a little guilty here in the midst of COVID-19 and, and all the tragedy with the virus. We are having the best time recording today, Caregiver SOS On Air. I'm Ron Aaron, Carol Zernio, our co-host is sequestered deep in the Allegheny Mountains somewhere to protect her from the virus. And she and I are communicating by FaceTime, which is a, a kick. Works pretty well, by the way. And we also uh, have an opportunity to talk to interesting people across the country. We've always done these kinds of shows. So from the standpoint of not being able to go out and meet folks, that's now no, no different. But what we are doing is trying to uh, deal with issues that affect families and caregivers, and it has been quite the experience. Carol is a nationally known gerontologist, a graduate of the University of Incarnate Word with a master's in social gerontology, known across the country for her work with well, geriatric and senior issues. But, Carol, there's never been anything like COVID-19. Well, there hasn't. You know, we talked about how aging is being redefined by the baby boomers, the sheer number Well, it's also been redefined by COVID um, and what happens next financially, emotionally, uh, health-wise, how long does this hang around? So it's kind of like uh, fruit basket turnover. We've thrown all the issues into the air and we get to look at them differently. Well, I haven't seen a fruit basket in a long time, but you say it, I see it. That's interesting. We're going to welcome to our Caregiver SOS On Air Hotline, Linda Abbott, who is uh, living in California, moved there from Long Island, went there because her folks took her out there when she was a kid and always wanted to be there. She's an expert in caregiving, 25 years experience caring for her parents and other family members, is the author of The Conscious Caregiver, a mindful approach to caring for the loved one without losing yourself. Also writes a blog, Tender Loving Elder Care. And Linda Abbott, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Talk to me a a little bit about uh, your caregiving experience. 25 years is a long time uh, to be caregiving. Um, Yes, but it wasn't consecutive. (laughs) Um, I was an only child and caregiver for my parents for about 10 years. Um, My mom was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease when she was 89, and my dad was a few years older, and um, she declined through all the stages. And so I cared for them about 10 years. And then I was also part of a caregiving team of six cousins who cared for an aunt long distance who didn't have any children. And right now, I am currently helping my husband care for my mother-in-law, but I'm kind of more in a backup role for that one. So you're the advisor? Mm, Just backup. You know, it's a gift to be able to be a caregiver, and it's his turn. I want him to have that experience, and I try to keep my mouth shut unless he asks for my um, two cents. (laughs) <laughs> and then you'll give it, right? Yes, of course. And tell, of course he can read my book. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, tell us about your book. Oh, well, thank you. Um, as I mentioned, I was a caregiver ahead of the rest of the baby boomers because um, when my parents, um, when I was born, I was adopted. And my parents were old enough to actually be my grandparents. So I was caring for my parents way before my friends were were and are now. 
So my goal was to ease the way for them, for any current and future caregivers, um, by sharing what I had learned personally as a caregiver and also professionally through my work in the elder care and dementia fields. And one of the so things when that, you look ahead, back Carol. at all of that, yeah, when you look back at that, what was you know what was the surprise? What 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 would you what would you have done differently to that younger caregiver that you were? What would I have, that's a great question. I probably would have skipped assisted living. I would have kept them home with a caregiver as long as possible and then moved them into a boarding care situation, a smaller six-bed residential care facility. Um, I don't think the assisted living met their needs at the time. Now that I'm looking back, I would do that differently. The other thing I would do differently is um, just spend more time with my dad having fun rather than just always feeling focused on my mom and her disease. That's one of my I think there are a lot of caregivers that would probably more recognize fun, like go that. out for ice cream and forget about the caregiving yeah. piece. It always seemed that the caregiving piece um, was there whenever I saw them or him separately. Well, in a household where uh, folks may have a bunch of kids, uh, one child has issues, often that child gets more attention than the other ones, only because that's what the situation seems to demand. But but your advice on getting to know your dad better, spending time with him because he wasn't the one you were taking care of, that's really good advice. I hope people listen to that. Thank you. As you look at uh, the transition from uh, there you were as a young caregiver, as Carol asked now, uh, to someone who's got a little more seasoning and a little more experience, for folks who right now, Listening to us on the radio, they're going to get a phone call tonight from some ICU somewhere that says, your mom, your dad, your spouse is here. We need you right away. They then become the instant caregiver. What do they do? Take a deep breath. (laughs) Um, First, you take care of the crisis, and then you start to plan ahead. There's very many different aspects of caregiving, and you need to get through the crisis right away, but then realize, okay, my journey has begun. You know, like you said, sometimes it happens overnight, and sometimes it happens gradually. And um, mine was interesting. My dad called me. They were living in Florida, and we had un- I had noticed when they visited that my mom was having some memory issues, but I didn't know anything about dementia or Alzheimer's disease at the time. So I thought it was this is normal aging, but she kept repeating herself over and over, asking the same questions within five minutes. So my dad did have her diagnosed um, in Florida when they got home, and he called me up and he said, Linda, the doctor says your mom has Alzheimer's disease, but shh, don't tell anybody, because back then people were embarrassed by it. It was an embarrassment to have that um, kind of a diagnosis back in the 1980s. And, but it was silly, too, because if you spent five minutes with my mom, you'd notice something was wrong. But that was his approach at the time. And um, I've learned that often spouses go through denial versus adult children who want to get educated. They want to know everything right away. <laughs> so they now jump online. We didn't have as many... Um, resources online back in the 80s, but um, now they'll jump online and get educated right away. So what I would say is once you get past the crisis with your loved one, um, 
gather your family, maybe have a family meeting, and start planning for the future. And, and you're one of those resources now that are out there. Uh, as we read your bio, when uh, Carol saw that uh, you write for SeniorPlanet.org, uh, she smiled and said, wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. I, I love talking about um, successful aging and taking the stigma away from aging. As you look at a, a society where we are all aging, uh, where more of us are going to be 65 and over than 18 and under, uh, the world has changed so dramatically. Uh, we also are, are in a place where it's difficult to socialize. We're told don't isolate, and yet we're forcing people to do that. What are some of your recommendations in a mindful approach for caring for a loved one without losing yourself, without losing yourself in a home you haven't left in six months? <laughs> are you talking about... Um with our with our loved ones or ourselves both. as a caregiver, how to keep ourselves more sane these days? I think it's both. Okay, okay. Um, I think people are getting creative about visiting with their loved ones in terms of both using technology and also, for example, um, you might not be allowed in, but you can do the next best thing and have a visit. Um, unfortunately, through a window or a screen or a sliding glass door with masks on. Um, I think even if you're wearing masks, your loved one appreciates that you're there and and visiting as closely as you can, even though it's six feet away at least. Um, I think any effort that way helps. I think maybe mailing them a surprise package so they get something in the mail or, um, you know, having everybody in the family make phone calls or do FaceTime um, children are often overlooked in this, and in-laws, son-in-laws, daughter-in-laws. I mean, they can all take a turn and call or visit safely and um, keep your loved one in touch with everybody that way. In terms of ourselves, um, well, one thing in my book that I tell all caregivers to do, and maybe even more important now, is to make a happiness list. Um, make a list of the things that really bring you joy things that you lose track of time doing, and then try to incorporate that in your day, even if it's just for five minutes, um, make it a habit. You know, whether it's five minutes of reading, um, taking a brisk walk outside where you can, um, deep breathing, watching a show you like on TV, finding something to make you laugh, just something that improves your spirit. You said they... Try to do that at least once a day, if not several times, sprinkling it out throughout your day. I thought I heard you say a brisk walk. You're out in Huntington Beach, California. In San Antonio this morning, I walked out my front door. It was already 100 degrees. (laughs) Yes, we have been having a heat wave, but um, you do it either early or late in the day. (laughs) As you think about uh, the challenges of caregiving, has technology begun to play a role in, in making that job a little easier? Oh, yes, definitely, because aside from the obvious now with Zoom and FaceTime, um, you can, quote, unquote, if you're the primary caregiver and you're a sibling sprinkled throughout the country, they can do a lot of caregiving tasks um, remotely, such as finances. Um, It's easier to share documents. Um, They could shop on Amazon no matter where they are, almost in the world, (laughs) and buy things that they might need. Of their loved one and, and send it to them. 
So, yeah, technology is huge. And plus, then there's all the, um, I forgot, what is it called? Like when people are wearing or have on their phone apps for medical um, information. That's really important as well. Except as my doctor tells me, Dr. Google doesn't know everything. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I I don't think it's great to, I actually don't recommend when people get a diagnosis to jump online and read everything possible. Um, because you don't know your sources. There are a few sources you can trust, but there could be a lot of very scary information out there that isn't even correct. I did that once with my dog. She wasn't Uh behaving in the normal fashion, occasionally tripped. I Googled her. I decided by Google she had wobblers, which is deadly. I went to the vet. I carried her in. I was crying. (laughs) And, And they said, we don't get wobblers here. Stay away from Google. We're going to come right back to you in just a moment. I'm Ron Aaron. We're talking about Linda Abbott's book, uh, Mindful Approach to Caring for Your Loved One. Carol Zerniel, our co-host, is here. You're listening to Caregiver SOS on air. The WellMed Charitable Foundation would like to remind you it is important to stay connected while social distancing. Caregiver stress may be higher now, and specialists are available to talk with. There's no question that we are living in not normal times, but whether the new normal will be the old normal is yet to be seen. So if you are troubled, if you are feeling stressed, ask for help. Services are provided at no cost. See more at caregiversos.org. But we are having a fabulous conversation with Linda Abbott, who had the good sense of moving from Long Island to California. She lives out in the Huntington Beach, California area. And if you haven't been there as community outreach manager for the Alzheimer's Family Center there, that's a beautiful part of the world. I'm Ron Aaron. Along with our co-host, Carol Zerniel, uh, we're talking with Linda about her book, The Conscious Caregiver. And Carol, you had a question for her. Well, I mean, in the title, you mentioned the word mindfulness. So what does that mean? Great question. Um, Mindfulness is an ancient art of practicing self-awareness in the present moment without judgment. It means learning. I have to switch phones. I'm sorry. I was going to ask if you're okay. My battery's dying. Should we send EMS? You're all right, right? And look at that. She's changing batteries. It's, right it's part of the technology thing we have to do right. now, switching batteries. Exactly. Phones. So you want uh, to s- Are you back? Sorry. No, that's okay. I'm- we had EMS on the way, but you're okay. Okay. Right. I'm fine. It was just my battery on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Um, and w- should I just start over from mindfulness? No, we're, we're still oh. recording. It's fine. What is it? Okay. Mindfulness means learning to pause in the midst of any caregiving situation or personal situation. Um, Take time to pay attention to yourself, others, and your overall environment. And don't try to judge or label what's going on or what you're observing. You just see what's happening. And then after you've paused and observed, then you can decide if you want to respond differently or not. Well, you know, it's interesting that you mention not judging. I think a lot of us would be surprised how quickly we do assess the situation or pass judgment on what's going on, and we don't even realize it. Oh, yes. Constantly in our heads, we're judging ourselves. That's one of the worst things we do. 
Well, caregivers Especially are at caregivers, risk. Yeah. yeah. As Carol and I say that together, it's it's a hazard of being a caregiver, right? Yep. Yep. Unfortunately, caregivers are extremely hard on themselves and always feeling guilty or worried or stressed. So I, that's why mindfulness really helps take some of that away. And if you can train yourself to do that when you're in a stressful caregiving situation or even not, um, it will help the caregiving experience overall. Are you still working with the uh, Huntington Beach Alzheimer Family Center? Yes, I am. Uh, and, yes. And knowing that your mother had uh, developed Alzheimer's, you were uh, a caregiver in and out and trying to help her. What are you seeing today in terms of uh, diagnosis and treatment and acceptance in the community? Because your father's reaction in the 80s was so typical. Oh, don't tell anybody. We don't want anyone to know. Is, right. that, is that getting better? Oh, yes. Yes, there's much more awareness, um, thanks to efforts by large organizations such as Alzheimer's Association. There's much more awareness. Um, the sad part about the disease is that more, well, I guess it's sad. It is sad, but I'll explain why I say maybe not. Um, more people are getting diagnosed at a younger age. But that's because there's more medical testing and research being done, so people's disease are getting caught earlier, such as before they even get to early dementia, they might have mild cognitive impairment. So it's, it's a mixed bag. And as you look at uh, the outreach work that you do, what is it you're trying to do in the community? Um, well, Alzheimer's Family Center is... The, a nonprofit and the only adult day health care center in Orange County that is dementia specific. You have to have a dementia or Alzheimer's diagnosis to attend. So right now we are shut down, but we have created a center without walls. We run our activity program every day, Monday through Saturday, online through Zoom. And we also have a counseling center there for um, people who are experiencing memory loss as well as their caregivers, and they can receive both individual and group therapy via Zoom or phone. So does the Zoom technology work with somebody who has uh, memory impairment, Alzheimer's, and may not uh, you know, recognize what's going on with the technology? I'm curious. It depends on how declined they are. Um, some of them are still in very early stages and they're, they're still fine with technology or their, their spouse or adult child can help get them onto Zoom and then they can enjoy the activities. Um, and some people are too declined, so it doesn't work for them. You know, my mother had Alzheimer's, and one of the amazing things that happened was she always hated cameras. Her whole life, she hated cameras. But after she got Alzheimer's and it progressed enough, she would have loved to have been on camera. She would have loved to have been on Zoom, and that would not yeah. have happened earlier. Everybody's journey is different, and you just don't know, but it's certainly worth a try. As your mother adapted to video and technology, Carol, did she get some exposure that way? Were you able to bring that into her life? Well, Your just, um, you know, mugging for the camera. We have some beautiful shots of her smiling and laughing and, and just, you know, it's like on her 85th birthday where she, all the rest of her younger pictures where she's scowling, she's hiding from the camera. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, it, you know, so there, there, it, it, it's um, There are pluses and minuses with everything, but I think it's terrific that organizations um, like Linda's are still 
you know, uh, trying new things, finding new ways, but continuing the services. Because even though COVID's going on, so is life. And COVID's not going to be gone in the very near future. So we need to make this new normal the normal for a period of time. That's true. We don't know when we're going to be able to open up our agency in terms of the building. So we are planning long term to be doing Zoom activities for people. Linda, talk to me a little bit about your blog because uh, you've won several awards uh, for the for that and for your best senior living award that comes in your case year after year. What are you writing about? Well, thank you for asking. My blog actually became my book, so I've shut my blog down. But I do have a Facebook um, page for tender, loving elder care, and I I still share ideas with caregivers and um, information and resources that family caregivers can benefit from. I try to make them as evergreen as possible so that people, because you're always, we're always learning, but I try to put up things that will last even if somebody finds it five years from now. Well, they're going to find it forever because the Internet's not going to go away. That's one I thing. So. Well, it's, <laughs> the Internet is virus-proof. Uh, as opposed to human beings, the virus needs a living organism. So uh, uh, the Internet is safe from that. Well, when you take a look at uh, – oh, Carol, go ahead. You want to jump in? No, I was just going to ask, um, besides the technology, you know, over you, you've got a career over 25 years. Uh, you talked about how there's a little bit more acceptance, not as much stigma. You know, what else have you seen that has changed or you would like to change, perhaps, in caregiving? I think there's many more resources out there that people aren't even aware of, possibly in their own backyard. I'd like to see some kind of um, national online database created so that if my girlfriend in Virginia needs help, I could hop online and be able to help her find that quickly. Trying to think what else has changed. Again, just more awareness and also the fact that people are aware that it's not just women who are caregivers. There are a lot of men who are caregivers and resources for men are different than women. I think that they need a little bit of different resources in terms of maybe a support group that's just men-focused, led by men, because men respond differently than women do. What about robots? Carol and I are both fascinated. In Japan, for example, there's an increasing (laughs) use of robots uh, in caregiving where they provide comfort, companionship uh, for the care recipients. What do you think? I love it, and I can't believe you brought that up because um, Alzheimer's Family Center just did a GoFundMe campaign precisely to be able to provide robotic pets and tablets to our patients. And we raised enough money that we delivered robotic pets to all of them, and they're just over the moon. They're just wonderful, wonderful. Oh, that's terrific. um, Comfort, comfort and um, You're going to have to send us pictures. And baby dolls, too, work. Baby dolls are great as well. you have any photos on the website at uh, uh, the center in, in Huntington Beach showing these new robots? Um, yes, and there's also a um, Facebook page for Alzheimer's Family Center, and there's a video that we just put up thanking our donors um, that has some pictures of them as well. That's pretty cool. Well, we're going to try yeah. and do that in uh, the next few months. We're going to try to get some of the robot manufacturers uh, with us here on 
uh, Caregiver SOS on air. We'll try to do that. we we got about a, a minute left, and before we bail out, Carol, did you want to jump back in? we got about a minute. No, I just, you know, I, I, if people are wanting to find your book, where would they find it? Um, on Amazon and also barnesandnoble.com or in the stores. Now, that makes a whole lot of sense. And, and uh, again, the title is? The Conscious Caregiver. A mindful approach to caring for your loved one without losing yourself. If you want to uh, uh, take a look at that book, it's easy to do. Just Google the name, and it'll come up as well. Uh, Linda Abbott, anything I didn't ask you, you want to squeeze into 10 seconds? Yes. Um, Caregivers often have a blind spot when it comes to their own needs and accepting help from others. It's not a sign of weakness to need or accept help. In fact, it's a sign of self-knowledge and wisdom. That's a really good point because caregivers rarely reach out and ask. And you're right. They should do that. So I want to thank you. Linda Abbott, do you have a website of your own? Um, Theconsciouscaregiver.com. But um, I'd say look under Tender Loving Elder Care on Facebook. I keep that more updated. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you coming on. Oh, thank you so much. You take care. Bye-bye. Nice meeting you both. Bye-bye. It's great to meet you, Thank too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. I'm Ron Aaron with Carol Zerniel. Thank you for joining us on Caregiver SOS On Air on 930 AM, The Answer. You've been listening to Caregiver SOS On Air, an exclusive presentation of the WellMed Charitable Foundation. We welcome emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. Join co-hosts Carol Zerniel and Ron Aaron next week for more on caregiving, improving the health and well-being of caregivers and their care recipients everywhere. For more on caregiving and podcasts of our programs, visit caregiversos.org.